strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. I was hoping he was going to sing it. Uh, thanks for being here today. We've got so much to get to here on the final hour of the show. Did you hear this? Comes your way at 1120. Another chance for you to learn more about Phoenix Children's Hospital and how you can give. Um, we're going to do all that coming up. If you want to give now, if you're in a position, if you're uh, heading to lunch or whatever, Desert Financial Phone Bank, 602-933-4567. That's 602-933-4567. The Giveathon for Phoenix Children, presented by your Valley Hyundai dealers and Achin Indian community. The economy is still on the forefront of everybody's mind. There are many people that fear that we are headed into a recession. Nationally, the housing market is starting to slow down, and it's worrying people about a housing crisis because we still have a shortage of houses. But what will it mean here in Arizona? Trying to address that issue is a big deal. But let's go back to the Inflation Reduction Act. I want to give you a little flashback here. This is Senator Manchin talking about the policy on raising taxes on anybody raising taxes during a recession. I, I don't think during a time of recession you mess with any of the taxes or increase any taxes. I can't look the people in West Virginia in the eye and ask them to pay a penny more until I know we're running this government efficient. That's what he said then. A little bit more of a flashback. This is him talking about inflation as well. And people can be wrong, but how in the world can it be inflammatory? How can it add flames to the inflation fires right now if you're paying down debt? You're increasing more production from fossil industry and, and energy, and we're doing it cleaner anywhere in the world. We'll be energy independent. <laughs> now I want you to hear what he had to say now that he's being questioned, because members of the media, the media is now coming out and saying, well, we know we're telling we know that this is going to do nothing to stop inflation. But this is after the bill's been signed. So Manchin was asked about this, and this is just a short part of his answer. Is it misleading to call this the Inflation Reduction Act for Americans when it's not going to make their grocery bill cheaper? It's not going to make everyday goods cheaper for them? Why would it? Why would it? Well, immediately it's not, but we never said anything happened immediately. Like today, it's turn the switch on and off. <laughs> Oh, you either laugh or you say words on the air you can't say. And, and that's it. It's infuriating. And this is where our our political differences aside. Um, this is where my my words don't matter to the president or to Manchin or and here in Arizona. I'll be honest with you. Um, it's been a long time since I've spoken with Senator Cinema, but Senator Cinema and I have gotten along many for over the years. When she was in the House of Representatives, we worked on veteran stuff together, and we've gotten along famously. I haven't I haven't talked with her in a while. Um, I've I've never talked with Senator Kelly. And I've tried. And I want you to know that there is a standing open invitation for either of Arizona's senators to come on this show because I think the people of Arizona deserve to hear from them. Now, I don't agree with them all the time, and I don't agree with them often. But these are the kinds of things that the people of Arizona have a right to know. If this isn't going to help inflation, if this is going to increase the size of the IRS by 87,000 employees, and the CBO, the Congressional Budget Office, is saying that it absolutely is going to affect the working class when it comes to audits and paying more in taxes. When you also have know that it is increasing, dramatically increasing the size and the power of the Environmental Protection Agency, why would you sign on to it? 
Now, if they have a reasonable explanation, and believe me, there are a lot of people out there. Both of them have won their elections. There are a lot of people out there that will side with them and say that what they're doing is the right thing. But why not give the explanation to the people of Arizona? This is a huge expenditure. It is a huge growth in two major government agencies, one with huge oversight, the other with the power to go and seize your bank accounts and make sure you pay more in taxes. And we're not getting an explanation. So here's where we're at. Here's what's happening. Um, uh, A major warning sign just flashed for the housing market. There has been a a 10.1% below June levels single-family housing starts. 10.1% below June. While single-family authorizations or approved construction permits in July fell 4.3% compared to June. The National Home Builders Association Wells Fargo Housing Market Index, which measures the sentiment of home builders toward housing market, fell for the eighth straight month to 49 out of 100. A score below 50 is considered negative. So these are the people that are in the world of building homes. So let's go over what we've seen in the data over the last couple of days. There has been a slowdown in home startups. We also know that we have seen, and the word, not my word, the word in the story that I saw from Zero Hedge is that we have seen it crater. We have seen it crater in manufacturing. The people at Target have seen a 90% reduction in profitability. Because people have slowed down buying. Well, if you've already seen a massive reduction in manufacturing and you partner that up with now people slowing what they are buying, you're not going to be manufacturing anything until that stuff that's in warehouses and stuff that's on the store shelves is sold. They're not going to order more. So we are seeing a slowdown of our economy, period. And at a time when we are slowing You've got these people that made promises. And by the way, Manchin is not the only one that said it. Um, President Obama said in the past, you don't raise taxes during a recession. And as I've been I've been harping on and I have and I guess that's an appropriate word as I have been uh, really driving home since the beginning of this administration. I would say even before this president won the election um, during the time when he was running for office, I was talking about this. The number one issue in this administration is climate change. That's it. That's it. It's the number one issue. Every decision they make flows out of that policy. The reason why they're raising taxes is, number one, they're going to increase the size of the IRS. And if you think that's only going to affect big business, you you can't. There, there's no way people believe that's true. I mean, there are people that are defending this just because they defend their side of the aisle. But there's no way in their private moments that they believe that this is only going to affect wealthy people. But the other part of this is this dramatic expansion of the EPA, giving them more power and giving them more regulatory power. This is all about climate change. $80 billion into the EPA at a time when American businesses are struggling. So you're going to raise their taxes with their tax dollars. You've taken, you've raised taxes to give to the IRS to collect more taxes. You've also used this raising of taxes to give to the EPA. That will do the next thing that damages businesses, which is more EPA regulation, and you have to do more of this compliance. So you are you are going to hamstring the job creators and believe that this economy is going to continue on the right path. So as things slow down, the people that support these policies are going to have to acknowledge that you're happy with the policies, and you're going to have to be happy 
with the uh, unintended consequences of a slowing down of the economy and the jobs for the average working family, because that's what's coming. Prices are going up. Options are going down, period. In a moment, we get you caught up with the big news stories of the day. We do it every day at 1120. It's called Did You Hear This? So please stick around for it. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Big news day. Let's get you caught up. Did you hear this? Did you hear this? Broomhead's reaction to the hottest news stories. Phoenix Police released the first results of Operation Gun Crime Crackdown. The program launched just over a month ago, and so far... We have taken 711 guns off the streets just since July 5th, more than 500 arrests. Sounds like a successful first month, right? Yeah. And and, uh, addressing the problem this way is what is most important. And when I've said this before, that when you go after what the problem is, it's when it's drunk driving, it's the driver. It's not the car. It's not the bar. It's the driver that got behind the wheel. In this case, it is not the gun that's the problem. It's the people that have them and that are dealing in illegal guns and people that can circumvent the system by buying guns from people that are selling them to prohibitive possessors. Going after those people is going to go much further to addressing this problem than anything else we've seen anywhere else. And I love the idea. Pinal County Board of Supervisors held a meeting yesterday about the ele- the primary election and discussed changes that they are going to be making before the general. Hire an outside election consultant. Create four new positions in their election department, including two deputy directors. Revamp their poll worker training and create a task force to oversee their elections. Are you hopeful these changes will help? Uh, no, uh, actually, I'm not. Um, the problem wasn't with your poll workers. The problem was with the guy that ran your elections. How about better training for the guy that runs your elections, number one? And how about getting a printer that isn't from... A, you could The number of documents they were printing per minute, you could have done better with a hand-crank printing press. Their own county attorney said that they have antiquated equipment. Are they going to address their equipment issues? Are they going to get ballots printed faster? This idea of more bureaucrats being hired in may be helpful. I don't know. But you're going to hire more people in leadership positions and then train the people under them. Train the people in the leadership position. That's a good place to start. You are listening to Did You Hear This? We do it every day at this time to catch you up. CDC Director Rochelle Walensky will be reorganizing the department after a review of their response to COVID. The CDC director says the agency spent 75 years preparing for a health crisis like the COVID pandemic. But when the big moment came, they did not reliably meet expectations. And as part of the sweeping changes, Dr. Walensky is calling for internal CDC staffing changes. She also wants the agencies to share information faster and in plain, easy to understand language. Do you think the government has the same definition of plain and easy to understand as we do? (laughs) Yeah, well, I don't know. I don't think doctors necessarily do. (laughs) It's one of the reasons why I like talking with certain people. Like my doctor speaks in terms I can relate to. So he can dumb it down when there's something going on with my health. But I think more than anything else, this is an example of what happens when you get too big, when an agency is so relied upon. Um, Getting it right matters. And when it mattered most, you didn't. And so I'm glad that they're addressing it. But in the meantime, how do you make the people whole that were listening to CDC recommendations that were completely wrong and ruining people's livelihoods? I think that's something else they need to address. Make those people whole. 
A pastor is going viral on TikTok after he seems to be berating his congregation for not buying him a watch. This guy. You can buy a Movado watch in Sam's. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. And y'all know I asked for one last year. Here it is the whole way in August. I still ain't got it. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Let me kick down the door and talk to my cheap sons and daughters. (laughs) Do you buy your pastor Movado watches from Uh, um Sam's? Let me explain something. I got myself in a lot of trouble because for about 10 years, I taught adult Bible studies at a church, and it was a very conservative Baptist church. I was raised Catholic, but taught at a Baptist church later on in my adult life. So you know my theology is a mess, but it was such a great experience. It meant the world to me. Um, I will tell you this. When it comes to things of this nature, I would say I said one Sunday morning to our class of about 80 people, I said, uh, what's the problem with Christianity? And uh, and uh, nobody really raised their hands. And I said, it's Christians. We're the problem. We're the ones that get it wrong. If we believe the book is perfect, we're the ones that mess up the message. So when you have somebody standing up and saying to the congregation, you're sinning because you're not blessing me by buying me something, and you've got members of that congregation siding with the pastor, that shows you everything that's wrong. Why is church attendance down? Why are things these things happening? This is why. There are some amazing churches right here in our community that are focused on the community around them. They serve the people around them, and they are focused on the things that churches are supposed to be about when it becomes to doctrine. But finding them sometimes is harder than you would think, and it discourages people from ever wanting to come there. That, more than anything else, is what I think is sad about those churches. And a Movado watch. I mean, come on. You could have said Rolex. You could have went after a lot of different things. So. I was actually surprised, though, because I went and looked up the prices, and there is one for $1,000. Okay, yeah, but uh, go look at a Rolex. You can't even buy yeah, a band yeah. on a Rolex for $1,000. Yeah, and the, the prices are just skyrocketing. <laughs> so, uh, Sunday sermon, you didn't buy me the Movado watch. You're a sinner. Uh, I, just, I just love I, the background. Yes, you can. Yeah, I know. I, I, that's the other part of it is the other people in the congregation that are absolutely behind this. Uh, I've got a very good friend that's a pastor and I've never bought him anything. So I, maybe I'm maybe I'm a sinful man. I, maybe I need to go to confession and bring him a watch or something. It's not true. I bought him coffee last time we were together. I bought lunch. So Okay. So is that... that that's not I, no Movado Is watch. that part of my penance though? Am I okay now? Well, and also in that video, it's a longer video and he's like, where's my Gucci? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where's my Gucci? Where's my Prada? Prada. Yeah. Wow. Uh, okay. In a moment, your opportunity for some something real. The Giveathon is back. Your opportunity to jump on board with us. More stories of hope, more corporate partners, more good news from the Giveathon. Next. The Giveathon for Phoenix Children's is presented by your Valley Hyundai dealers and the Ok Chin Indian community. KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Giveathon on the Mike Broomhead Show. It's been a privilege all week, and it's hard to believe that tomorrow's going to be our last day of the Giveathon. But there still is time for you today, and we have got such great partnerships with people in the corporate world and with individuals that are donating. Phoenix Children's Hospital is really one of the places here that we should be the most proud of. The hard work they do, the life-saving work that they do at Phoenix Children's, the life-changing work they do there needs to go on, and we need your help to do it. Um, it is just an amazing place helping these children recover and the families that love them so much. Um, 
I want to do a. Uh, I want you to hear from another corporate partner. These are the people at Redbird Farms Chicken and another check presentation. I'm here with Mario Torito, the president of Redbird Farms, one of our Champion of Hope sponsors this year. Mario, thank you for being with us. Thank you very much for inviting me. All right, I'm going to turn it over to you now. I know okay. you have an amount to present. I'll let you do that. Sure. On behalf of Redbird Farms, I'm donating three thousand two hundred fifty dollars to. Uh, children's hospital and uh, I'm very thankful for this thank you very much we're thankful for it too Mario thank oh, you so much, yes. Mario Torito and the president of Redbird Farms we so appreciate it yes ma'am thank you very much We've had so many inspirational stories, and that's a great one. Another great corporate partner. You're going to get your chance in a moment. But these, we are playing these stories of hope, and these are stories of people connected in many, many ways to the people at Phoenix Children's Hospital. It's presented by Madame Holmes. Scott Meyer was fresh out of veterinary school. Um, he caught the Giveathon on the radio while driving through Phoenix. He didn't have any kids or friends or family at PCH, but he was so struck by the stories from the patients at Phoenix Children's Hospital that he felt a calling to help. This is Dr. Scott Meyer's story. My name is Dr. Scott Meyer, and this is my story. For me, it felt right to call in and donate something that I could to be a part of this call. In 2004, uh, graduating from veterinary school at Colorado State University, driving through my hometown of Phoenix area, coming into radio range, the Giveathon was on. A story came on about a child going through cancer or some ailment at Phoenix Children's Hospital, and instead of turning the channel, I'd kept it on to listen to that story. And one story followed by the other story, and it seemed like there was a way I could help. I needed to do something to give back, and this, what I gave back to. So I called in and then pledged half my bank account. Working living in California for the next 10 years, I was always looking on the website to see when the next Giveathon would be so that I could call. And so for 10 years, the goal was to try to increase my gift every year as best I could. 10 years went by and decided to move home, came back to Phoenix area and, and continue to give uh, what I can every year. And I'll continue to do that. I'll just continue to do it for as, as long as I can. I felt like I, would, I did something to help. Not knowing anybody, not knowing who the people were personally, it just felt like that was the right thing to do. I don't know, I always thought when I'm able to give back, I should. For my community, for the state I love, for Phoenix, for parents and children that need the help. Just made a goal to do it every year. There's so many bad things every day, but there's still a lot of good in people to do good things. Please call now to help the kids forgive a phone. Even if it's just one time, just for today, to help a family in need.
reach in and help. Thank you. What an amazing, inspiring story of someone that just saw the need to give, felt compelled to give. And that's what we're going to ask you. Uh, we're going to ask you to do those things right now, if you don't mind. Um, it is uh, it's a privilege. So um, right now, your chance, Los Altos Ranch Markets is going to match whatever you donate. We're going to try to double those donations right now. Um, anything that you can give will help. The phone number, the Desert Financial Phone Bank phone number, 602 933 4567 602 If you can't get through on the phones or if it's easier for you, text the word GIVE to 411923. That's GIVE to 411923. Um, here's a chance for you to do this. 26 babies in the NICU, the neonatal ICU, 20 kids in the PICU, 47 in the ER, 42 on oncology. Um, you know, let's do it right now. Why don't you become a champion of hope with us right now and see if we can't match some of these numbers? I asked for 42 before. I'd love 47 people to become champions of hope right now. It's 20 bucks a month. If you commit to that, $240 for the year, you are a champion of hope. These beautiful teddy bears that would really cheer these kids up and change their whole attitude. One of them will be given to a child in your name. I've delivered these bears, and they do hand these children a card with the name of the person that has donated it. So become a champion of hope. 602-933-4567. 602-933-4567. Or texting the word GIVE to 411-923. Wow. Um, so here's what you've been able to help us do. Here is what we as a community have done together thus far. And we have all day left today and all day tomorrow to make this number even bigger. But as of right now, not including what you are donating at this moment, we have raised $1,212,990. That's an amazing number. That, that is, a, I can't thank this community enough for jumping on board with Phoenix Children's Hospital. Uh, what you are doing is amazing work, and uh, it is such a privilege to be a part of it. Over $1.2 million as of right now, and you should be very, very proud of this community and what they've been able to do. It's an incredible, incredible thing. Before we close it out, I'm uh, going to go back to just one topic that we talked about earlier today and the significance of getting it right and getting it right the first time. That's coming up in just a couple of moments. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Thanks for being here. Appreciate you spending some time. Um, yeah, I'm going to say it. I'm going to make half of you angry. I'm going to say it. I like the Rolling Stones better than I like the Beatles. There, I said it. I said it. Um, before we close it out, I want you to hear something. ABC did a report. Rochelle Walensky, who Dr. Rochelle Walensky, who heads up the CDC, made a statement about the mis, uh, I would say the shortcomings um, of the COVID research, the COVID advice, the handling of COVID-19 from the agency. So this is a little report on that. In a statement, the CDC director, Dr. Rochelle Walensky, putting it bluntly, our performance did not reliably meet expectations. In a message to staff, viewed by ABC News, she went on to say, to be frank, we are responsible for some pretty dramatic, pretty public mistakes from testing to data to communications. As an agency, even with all the terrific work we do, we still suffer the consequences from these mistakes. 
So that's the admission is a good step in the right direction. The problem is so much damage was done based on the research and the data from the CDC. Governors across the country, members of Congress, the White House, all of them relying on this data from the CDC for their suggestions on what to do. There are two areas that I think there have been huge mistakes made in this. Number one is you need to, the CDC somehow needs to, or someone needs to apologize to the anti-vaxxers and the anti-maskers all over this country. And I'll tell you why. Because it turns out they weren't wrong. And it's one thing to say, well, we didn't know that at the time we were doing the best we can, which I absolutely understand. Data morphs and changes and policies morph and change in every industry when you get new information in. That's what happens. But that's not what happened in this case. Based on CDC analysis, based on their data, and based on people associated with our government from Health and Human Services and the CDC, they demonized those people. There were people saying that they should lose their children. They should lose their jobs. They should lose their livelihoods. They should lose their freedom and go to jail, go to prison. They were marginalized and demonized, and it was a political uproar in this country that never should have happened. And now that this has come out, they should be apologized to. And I'm not an anti-vaxxer, and I wasn't an anti-masker. I've been vaccinated and boosted. But I did it based on the CDC data. Now, do I am I angry at them because they got it wrong? No, I'm not. But I want them to further admit that they were wrong and that the anti-vaxxers had every right to doubt them and feel the way they felt. The other part of this that needs to be made whole and made right is what about the trillions of dollars that are going to be lost because businesses have lost their uh, their livelihoods. Business owners lost everything. Successful people that made sacrifices to start and build a business have been irreparably damaged in some cases and completely wiped out in others. The restaurant industry still hasn't recovered. So at the time when one government agency in the CDC has admitted that it fell far short of the expectations of the American people, our president just signed a piece of legislation into law that dramatically increases the size and the scope of the IRS in the Environmental Protection Agency. Does that make any sense? They are, they are admitting the failures in the system in one government agency. Let's talk about the uh, Department of Education. Do you believe that education is better in America now than it was in the 19th 70s when the Department of Education had started? And if the answer is no, then why aren't we looking at their failures and misgivings? Why aren't we looking at taking that agency and saying, you know what? The states are well equipped. You know, Massachusetts can have can educate their children the way Massachusetts wants to. And they do a really good job in Massachusetts. And then California can follow suit if they want to. So can Arizona. But we have an opportunity to educate our children. A set of standards. Kids have to know how to read. But that's not what we have from the Department of Education. So it's not that I'm anti-government. I am pro-results. And they're not getting results. Our children are not educated. The CDC got it dramatically wrong. You know what's coming with the expansion of the IRS, the EPA and them overregulating. So now you're going to raise taxes on companies or at the very, very least, they will be dotting I's and crossing T's much more diligently when it comes to their taxes, which costs a lot of money. And then you are going to overregulate them with the EPA and the new powers you're giving them with $80 billion.
That's my political position. It's not about an individual. This is why I don't hero worship with individuals that run for office. I look at people and there's a set of ideals and I say that person more closely adheres to my ideals than that person does. So that's who gets my vote. And here we are arguing all of these things about people and whether they're good or bad. And let's look at success and failure. Let's look at these agencies that you and I pay for with our tax dollars. And who's going to make these business owners whole? Who's going to make these restaurateurs whole? Who's going to make these small businesses? If you owned a hair salon, how hard it is to survive in that industry that were shut down. If you own a massage studio, if you are a massage therapist, if you did manicures and pedicures, if you did any of that salon work and you were just shut down, how are they made whole? These are the working class in America. And everybody relied on CDC data to make those decisions and they're admitting they got it wrong. Well, admitting it is one thing. Making people whole is another thing. How do they do that? Should they? And shouldn't we all question all of these government agencies that get it so wrong and then just move on and continue to be the black hole of our tax dollars? All right. Thank you again for all of you that got involved today with the Giveathon. We're going to do it again tomorrow for the final part of the week. And the numbers have been spectacular, but we definitely want to do more. And we hope you'll join us in doing more. It's going to be a big day tomorrow as we finish off the Giveathon. A big thanks to Phoenix Children's Hospital. I'll be back tomorrow morning at about 8 o'clock starting the show over again. I hope you can join me for part of your day. Until then, God bless.